Hey, Luke. Hey, Evan, what's up? <laughs> what's good, man? Yeah, th things are great. I, I began this conversation in such a human-like, natural manner. Yeah. Not, not stilted or awkward at no. all. What up, fellow normal guy, Evan? You know, do you know what Scooby-Doo's favorite beverage is? Scooby-Doo's favorite beverage? Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. I always imagine he's like one of those hipsters who's like, I can't name a favorite. I have too many I like, and I appreciate them all. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, sorry. Is that is that what hipsters do? Are hipsters indecisive about their beverages? No, they they just can't even say like I I have a favorite thing amongst something. If you like ask, what's your favorite band? It's like no, oh like I I like too many bands. Okay, but favorite genre? No, you know like I appreciate a lot of different genres. I'm into a lot of different things. You know what? Favorite that, color. That's, that's oh, you know, fair. like I like patterns even more than colors. Like I can't even commit to colors. <laughs> that's how I imagine Scooby Doo is with beverages. But he has a favorite, so I'm wrong. Yeah, What's his I, favorite, I've heard, Evan? I've heard he enjoys like a steeped. He enjoys a steeped drink, that is uh, brewed with honey that comes from hives along the coastline. Are you, are you typing that into Google as if it were, as if it were a riddle? <laughs> no, I get this immediately. Um, um, oh, what? If if you're going uh, to need, if you were going to create need, an episode based on Scooby and this drink of choice, I would personally call it Scooby Doo and the Beach Bees Tea. The Beach Bees Tea. Oh gosh, we're doing Scooby Doo and the Beach Beastie. And the Beach Bees Tea. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I, this is unprecedented, uh, which is kind of a nice way to kick off our second official episode of 2018, because this was mm -hmm. actually one of those direct-to-DVD uh, movies, I guess? Yeah, it, technically it's a Scooby-Doo movie, that's how it's categorized on, in, via online ca places that categorize stuff. Uh, it's Scooby-Doo and the Beach Bees Tea, a 20-minute episode-length movie that was direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD or whatever you watch stuff on nowadays. So it's and it came out in 2015. Technically, technically a movie, but an episode, but episode length. Uh, and I kind of want to get through this really quickly so we don't have to do it after the. Okay, yeah, well, I, sure. What is it? Is that, yeah. So hey, we're the Scooby Doo. Oh, yeah. Dude, can we handle this at the end? Can we put it in with the outro, man? I don't really want to <laughs> do this now. Okay, this okay, isn't the time whatever. or the place, but it, right. if we were to do this, then I guess we would have to tell them that we're two best friends talking about their who talk about their favorite meddling kids and, and their dumb dog too. Could be too, and and we probably will also tell them about how we go through all di sorts of different parts of the Scooby Doo canon and media universe, and this is just one of our our first jumps into Scooby Doo movie franchising. Um, Honestly, we don't have time for any of yeah, that. Yeah, let's save it for what later. What we do have time for, I just want to tell our listeners, mm -hmm. this was directed to DVD. It's from Warner Brothers. Uh, it was released in 2015. And um, this made up the DVD. It, it was part of the DVD. And there we go. We started 13... the episode. So the first thing that I noticed about the intro <laughs> is that <laughs> DVD 13 Spooky Tales surfs up Scooby-Doo DVD. To end the intro, we're going to give you a synopsis. I also want to say, really quick, there's 13 other, are there 13, 12 other episodes just like this one that we can look forward to in the future? Um, so some of them, I believe, were older episodes. They weren't all made specially for this DVD. Like, some of them um, were like... That's right. Yeah. 
but it's a compilation of beach or yet water related episodes. Pretty cool. I do have a premise for this one, just if this hasn't already tipped you off to what episode you're about to listen to, this is the episode where Luke and Evan discuss uh, when the Mystery Inc. head to Florida for another vacation where they face a shape-shifting sea monster. Now, this is the Scooby Wikia premise or synopsis. What I want to note about it is that it says the Mystery Inc. gang head to Florida for another vacation. Which is, I don't think, said anywhere in the episode. That's just a little bit of Scooby Wiki judgment. Implying that they were already on vacation? Like, this, they're already going on vacations all the time, but here they are on another vacation. But that's it. The Scooby gang head down to Florida for another vacation where they face a shape-shifting sea monster. They're also going to be staying at Velma's uncle's resort, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of a love interest, if I can give my own little personal teaser for the episode. Daphne's uncle's resort. Oh, excuse me, I said, yeah, it's Daphne's Uncle Rosario. Thelma doesn't come from money. <laughs> of course not. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. Alright, wanna get into it? Yeah, did did you play the theme song just I, now? I assume I assume I just played the theme song. <laughs> that that theme song just played, you heard it, Evan, I heard it, the people heard it. We're the Scooby Dudes, uh, the Scooby Dudes of me and you. Clap your hands together now. Scooby Dudes. Uh, okay. So where are we right now? It's the beginning of the episode. You know what happens at the beginning of the episode? Uh there's normally someone doing something very like humdrum and normal, and then the monster appears. And then the credits roll. Mm. In this case, it is an elderly beachcomber. He finds a diamond ring, uh, which is great. Yeah. Because normally it's, what, like bottle caps? Yeah, I think you're looking for bottle caps or really just people's wallets. <laughs> but anything people could lose at the beach, I suppose. Uh, but he comes across a, a diamond ring uh, while prospecting with a metal detector. Uh, and it's a sea monster. It looks like the creature from the Black Lagoon, but it's comprised of water. And it uh, just rushes out of the, the the beach right beside him. It kind of menaces at him. And then that's the entire intro. He screams. We're done. It's, it's a really fun... We're not going to dwell on this too long. It's a really fun little intro. Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's very quick. The monster is... And not a dude in a very obvious suit. It looks supernatural at a glance. So I kind of wondered if that's what we were in for this episode. Oh, I actually meant like the little like, uh, the you know, the title and then like the little jingle and then like... A... Oh, the title and jingle. Oh, I, I wasn't even getting to that. I freaking love the title and jingle. No, it was great. Um, it made it's... me wish that this was a series. I also got to say real quick, the gang is kind of hot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, that okay. doesn't jive with what I was gonna say, Ooh. which is that they're they're they appear as like cute little ch- child versions of themselves. <laughs> oh, what, what did I say? Isn't that what I said? <laughs> the gang is super cute and and innocent and off limits. I I think. Don't say, I think Fred's, don't say off. Like <laughs> no 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 not helping my case here, huh? Okay. Like, you 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 go to the elementary <laughs> school and you're just like, well, some of us are adults and some of us are off limits. <laughs> no, say children. Why will he not say children? I I do have to say in the intro, Freddie specifically is looking pretty ripped. He like does. he's he's got beach bod going on. Uh, but but they are drawn in this little cutesy style, which I like. It's chibi. It's to children. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. They they do look more attractive than normal. I would say across the board. 
Yeah, and, but it's I, I really like the little tune. It, it sounds like something that's going to be its own series, but I guess it's just one episode all made on its own. Um, past the intro, we're zooming in on the Mystery Inc. gang, really everybody but Fred approaching Fred's house. I, I guess this is a, the perfect, perfect place to say it, but I loved this episode. I, oh, dude, I freaking love this episode. We did this one blind just knowing we just found out that there were 20-minute movie episodes out there, and we're like, let's just do this one. And it was a hit. The, Fred's house looks a lot like Fred's house on um, Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, his dad's definitely the mayor. Much in the same way when the gang goes to visit Fred at his large manor-ish looking house, um, there are a number of traps. Uh, if you want to hear us cover that episode, that's actually a 22nd episode. Season 1, episode 2, it's called The Creeping Creatures. Mm, yeah, that's a good one to correlate with this one. And in and Mystery Incorporated in general, it's all about Fred and his obsession with traps. And Fred's so innocent and adorable in those. I love that this is kind of that version of Fred. It's it's a it's a spiritual successor. I, I just across the board, I would Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Um, I think it's Velma who says, "Ugh, I hate going to Fred's house." Uh, and what's the reason for that, Luke? It's because just when they think they've figured out where all the traps are, he adds new ones. So it's he he booby trapped his house against his friends. Uh, and and the same, you know, like he opens the door. They've been caught. They're up in a net. Uh, they they went to go get Fred, and it turns out that Fred has a little bit of a problem. Like the, their visit is sort of like an intervention. Yeah, it's a net intervention. That's absolutely what it is. And Fred only sees it, is willing to see it after denying and denying and denying. When he finally falls into a, like six of his own nets, and then he's like, "Yeah, I've got a problem." It it's an interesting take on the whole trap obsession. With it being just like, oh, Fred doesn't even love, like, all traps. Like, he just, like, nets. He's so into nets. They, they're never going to do an episode where Fred confronts his trap addiction. But they can Which... confront his addiction of one trap over other traps. The real problem with nets for Fred is that it's making him overlook his Rube Goldbergs. It's making him... Uh, <laughs> it's true. His, his Rube Goldberg uh, machines. He doesn't appreciate I, a good I old cage anymore. If you think about it, the trap... The net was the original trap. Right? I or is guess. it a hole in the ground? Is it a, 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 <laughs> or was it yeah, like a hole in the ground with like maybe a spiky stick st sticking out of the bottom of it? Or I think the original trap was like a cliff that uh, an animal was then scared off of. But what's a trap and what's just oh, murder? Shoot. Was the original trap a cliff? <gasps> the original trap. Write us in. What was the original trap? Uh, Fred. The, arguably, the, the net is the original trap. But Fred, Fred loves nets, and that's gonna be him. This whole episode. He's, he's had such a problem. It, it seems that, that this is now a pressing issue. Daphne suggests that her uncle, he has a beach resort, let's, let's head there, and it'll help take your mind off nets. And it, he, to his credit, acknowledges that, yeah, this would, it'd, be, it'd be nice to get away from this home replete with traps. The, the thing that makes this episode funny is that Fred acknowledges his problem almost immediately. And then for the rest of the episode, he has this kind of mouth-watering lust after <laughs> nets as they're just dangled in front of his face. Hey, spoiler, people, he's going to be net-teased all episode long. Uh, w before we go to Florida, um, one thing that I noticed very early on, and I think they front-load the episode, so it, this isn't a consistent observation throughout, but at least earlier on, the way they give Scooby's dialogue is that he repeats something that someone has already said. Oh, man. You're great at catching that stuff. I missed that. Uh, so it'll be like, um, 
like Scoob, or like, you know, like booby traps. It's like, <sighs> ruby wraps. Ruby wraps. Um, and what I really liked was Shaggy has sort of like the stereotypical line when someone says, we're going to go to the beach. It's like, like, ah, me and Scoob can work on our tans. Um, oh, and then he says, Scoob, especially Scoob, he's so he's as pale as chocolate, Shaggy says. And, uh, Scoob goes, so pale. <laughs> so pale. Okay, do you ever watch, uh, like, like newsroom bloopers? Um, yeah, sometimes. Unless you mean the show I... The Newsroom by Aaron Sorkin. No, 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 not that. I don't um, want to break the fantasy. Of... Yeah. My all-time favorite newsroom blooper is, is there's a woman, and she's, like, miked, mm-hmm. and she do- isn't aware that she's on the air, but she's looking down at her neckline or something, mm-hmm. and she just says to herself, like, I so pale. <laughs> And that's all I could think of when Scooby was talking about his own paleness. That's so funny. <laughs> so adorable. Uh, the reporter, not Scooby. Scooby is just mystifying. I guess they want Scooby wants to be darker skinned. Yeah. Darker um, furred. That joke didn't land for me, I have to say. <laughs> not your best work, Shaggy. It's it's not. But I think maybe that's um, foretelling a little bit of the cracks in their relationship, that they're telling jokes that aren't funny anymore. They get um, to, to Florida. They get to, uh, what, what's it called? The, the Grand... Sandy's Grand... Uh, Grand Sandy's Grand Resort. Grand Sandy's Resort. Um, and what do they see before them when they get when they get there? It's covered in nets. Yeah, there's like uh, miniature ships with nets as sails. There's net decorations everywhere. There's hanging lamps covered with like nets around them. It's nets from head to toe. And honestly, what I think is kind of cool is it doesn't feel immersion breaking. Like if you went there without the context of Fred's crippling addiction, you wouldn't think anything was amiss. No, it's kind of like the Krusty Krab Shack uh, from SpongeBob. It's, It's just part of the aesthetic. Although impressively... Grand Sandy's does look grand, and it does look kind of quality. Like, I would like to stay there, maybe. It looks like a real resort. It looks pretty great. I, I love the design in this episode. The thing that I love about this being a movie episode is that it feels like it has a lot of production value in it. It feels like movie quality, but it's so brief. Um, I agree that this feels like it could work even if uh, Fred didn't have a net thing going on, but he does. Oh, they should have known that, though, going to the beach. Like, this is going to be... A fish industry town. There's going to be nets there, Fred. This is not a good place to go cold uh, turkey. It's, it's amazing. I, I wrote, um, I took a number of psych- psychology classes, though I don't think you have to, to be familiar with like exposure therapy, mm. which is clearly like what's going on here. Um, that must be what it see, is. The gang never even says it, but yeah. We see Uncle Sandy. And do you know who he is? Because I got it immediately. Yeah. The, like, before the first word was finished coming out of his mouth, I'm like, that is Adam West. I got it from the first vowel noise from his throat. And here's the thing, like, you even, his, he's designed like Adam West, like, like old, like present day Adam West. I think he's dead now? He passed away in 2017, like mid-year. It was one of the many losses. Um, yeah, it's, uh, instantly, I, I didn't even recognize it, that the character was drawn to look like him, but... Uh, it's an Adam West type character as well. He's that kind of zany kooky. Or, as Shaggy calls him, he's a wackadoo. <laughs> a wackadoo. A wackadoo. Uh, which um, sounds like one of Scooby's long lost relatives. <laughs> That's what I thought. It, it's a wackadoo. <laughs> wackadoo. You, I would, it would not surprise me if that was a reference to an old Scooby Doo relative. Um, 
Tell us a little bit. Yeah. He shows up and he's, you know, like, well, you know, welcome to my resort. There's this whole thing like, oh, you named the resort after you, your Uncle Sandy. He's like, what? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Grand Sandy. My name's Sandy. That's great. That's grand. It's a great little gag. But my favorite gag in that is where he puts an arm around Fred and gives him the grand tour and tells Fred all about the wireless internet, how net profits are down, how a guy <laughs> from the Beach Network is talking about doing a special on the Grand Sandy Resort. And then he goes to help him check in with Annette at the front desk. And that, to me, is the icing on the cake. It is amazing. Because um, they're, they're checking in to, I guess, the hotel, and she says, Hi, I'm Annette. No, and you're Fred's not. like, You're not Annette! You're I'm a person! person. It was perfect. It was great. He runs screaming out the door, and it's the escalation was so flawlessly done. And the way it gave him the yeah, the opportunity to shout back, "You're not a net. You're a person." I loved it. We also see when well, we're in the resort here at the beginning moment. Let's get all these characters introduced. A character who looked very Bo Derek esque to me, who was carrying a little French poodle. Yeah, um, and we can reveal this is the love interest. Is it? A, it's not a French. Is that what French poodles look like? It's like a little, I, I want to say f- like lap dog. Not French bulldog. Excuse me. I meant French bulldog. But it's not car- a bulldog. But it's not a, quite a French oh, bulldog. Okay, our like, listeners having their minds across between a French poodle and a French bulldog, neither of which I okay, think look anything you know what? like this dog. I, the reason I didn't stress over it too much, and I did try and do a little searching because I wanted to know dog breeds, but for a certain point I was like, you know what? No, because this dog is not sexy. <laughs> this dog is not hot. And maybe it upsets me more than it should, but it bothers me that Scooby's so into her. You know what? Now that I'm looking at her, maybe a little French bulldoggy, but she doesn't have the jowls. She doesn't have the jowls or the colored uh, mouth, mouth, nose, mouth area. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I, I just couldn't quite find this, the breed. I'll back you up on this and say that she doesn't even have an attractive name. Her name is Shauna. Shauna. No offense. <laughs> to all Dude, our Shauna listeners, which we know, hey, we know Shauna's make up 30% of our base, but we'll call them like we see them. <laughs> there are three Shaunas. Do you know how much of an impact that has on our listenership? Yeah, it's 30%. It's a lot. Our <laughs> listeners are three Shaunas and seven alt-right white males. We're, we're always in a tough spot, man. I know that. <laughs> oh, Scooby <laughs> is smitten. He's over the... I feel like I say this a lot. It makes me sound very old. But he's over the moon. Uh, he, he's thrilled to see this dog. And, and Shaggy's kind of left in the lurch. This is kind of a, a flip of what happens in the, uh, the Scooby-Doo movie on, on Monster Island. It's, I, and it has to be... It's such a clever inverse. It has to be a play on it. Just the I, whole, like, mm-hmm. one of them has a girlfriend. The other one hates it because they're best buds. They do everything together. Yeah, and, and I'll nip it in the bud right now. Shaggy has nothing going on with Shauna, even though, for a moment, well, let's not say anything, I thought maybe, but no, nothing's going on there. Between Shaggy and Shauna? Oh no, Shaggy and I, I meant to say, uh, Bo Derek's character. <laughs> um, um, but I said Shauna like the dog, <laughs> like I thought Shaggy might have things. Shaggy, to be clear, listeners, I also, the, the show never makes you think, I never actually thought Shaggy was going to get with Shauna. That's but comforting. Shaggy also has no chances with Shauna's owner, uh, Kiki. Kiki. Um, Fred runs back in after running away screaming. He runs back in screaming. That watery monster uh, that we mentioned is chasing after him. And it uh, exhibits the ability to shapeshift. So when it comes in, it's a shark. And it later turns into a sea serpent. And it's always made up of water. 
the the monster terrorizes everybody for a little while. I think Scooby stands up to the monster to save Shauna the dog at one point, and that really elevates him in her eyes. There's a lot going uh, and on. The monster, there's a lot going on, but ultimately the monster steals some jewels and bounces. Yeah, it leaves. Um, there are like, just two oh. things I want to pinpoint. One is just yeah, a line ahead. of dialogue. It's just Shaggy saying, Why does it have to be the thing I'm afraid of? Scary things. <laughs> <laughs> And the and the one thing I want to mention, and maybe it's what you're going to get into, is that Fred shoots, throws a net at the monster. He can't hold himself back a moment he, longer. He grabs a going, net. Uh, he keep, chucks keep it. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Ah, I gotta use a net. And he he throws a net. Um, not not a net. Not the receptionist. He throws a net at the monster. I really wanted him to be like, I need to throw a net! And then him to throw the receptionist. That's a missed opportunity in my book. It's worth the five extra seconds of cutting you have to do elsewhere. <laughs> but the net goes right through the monster, so we realize it is just plain liquid. Uh, and, and Fred is then crestfallen, to say the least. He, he has come to the... He admits to himself, nets. Nets really can't do everything. And I think someone says to him afterwards, now the healing can begin. Yeah, it's it's Velma. A real addiction narrative we've got right here. It's a real pup named Scooby-Doo type episode. <laughs> um, from there, we got to investigate. There's, I mean, we learned that this has been happening for a while from Sandy. And that's part of the reason Sandy asked the gang here, is to look into it. Uh, yeah, before we get there, um, this is this is a direct-to-DVD or direct-to-Netflix I, I think is kind of the new thing because that's how I viewed it. I believe that's how most people, if you're in the U.S. or Canada, watch it on Netflix. Um, it's clearly for children. It's like parents, you want to leave your kids. Oh, here's a Scooby Doo thing. Turn it on. Um, so I I wondered if how much they would skew towards content that was more for older audiences, like in the episode that this has riffs on at the beginning. There's no like. If, if there was going to be, like, a Traps Illustrated magazine that... Oh, yeah, there's nothing along those lines. No, this is very much going for a broad audience. The, the closest, I would say, is at one point, Shaggy is already, like, depressed that Scooby's into Shauna. Like, it took... It, like, he goes from zero to, like, negative 60. Um, really quick, really negative, too. We see him in a dark place, not just sad for himself, but angry and blamey. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get there. And and this is it's just a little bit of dialogue between him and, and, and the girls is he's saying, um, I think it's Velma who says, Oh come on, it's not like Scooby is sniffing her Oh yeah And then Daphne follows up and he's like, Oh no, Scooby like Scooby's already sniffing her and then they keep cutting it off and I was like And they of course they don't pan over to show anything and, they say like, ugh, like dogs are gross or something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, or like, the, he's such a dog. Or like, they make just some comment about these are dogs. That's what they do. But they're, listeners, they're, they're sniffing each other's butts, butts, bums. They're sniffing each other's bums. They're, I mean, that is what Scooby's doing. And this is a real bum sniffing episode, I got to say, and I loved it. I, Some lines are for the cutting floor. I, I know that Can you, yeah. we're, we're trying to keep this episode short, but when you were saying bums and you were affecting that accent, I think, and I haven't practiced this at all, I think one of the funniest characters you could do is Angry John Oliver on Last Week Tonight, which is like, you can't do that! <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it! That's a pretty good John Oliver impression, I gotta say. I think you kind of got him there. 
I it's it's close-ish. I I like it. No, it really summons him to mind. You're not him exactly, but you're doing him. Really and and well. it helps if you do, I guess, like the body. You know, he. Yeah, where you're gonna slap the desk, but you stop yourself at the last second because you don't want to unsettle your tea. Let's let's cut real quick to who what Sandy's take on the matter is, because Sandy gives us a little bit of background on Malcolm LaRouge. Uh, basically, Sandy says that there are. If, if, just to really cut to the chase, there are three possibilities here. Re this monster, and also this is the monster's third attack. The first possibility is that this is Malcolm LaRouge, who was a pirate, a legendary pirate. He buried jewels here. Uh, the villagers stole the jewels and then sunk him in his ship, which is just like, the villagers are the villains. Yeah, kind of. I mean, Malcolm LaRouge is a bad guy. All's fair. He should kind of expect it. Never hide your village. Like, why hide your jewels where there's a village? Find another island. Uncle Sandy surmises that that's why this monster is out for jewels. It's because it's Malcolm. The second... Or uh, or the monster is fake, and it's the guy next door to Sandy who's trying to drive Sandy out of business. Or or maybe it's me. Uh, Maybe I'm doing it for the insurance money. (laughs) I've never trusted me. I, I have to say... I love that. I love this so to death good. because he, Sandy doesn't open up saying these are three options. He says first, like, oh, it must have been Malcolm LaRouge. And then he goes into that whole thing and he gives the backstory. Or it's the guy next door. And at that point, I'm like, ah, or maybe it's you, Sandy, trying to throw <laughs> us off the guy who's next door's track. And then he says, or maybe it's me. And I'm like, holy crap, Sandy. Are you watching me right now? <laughs> It's it's so it's it's so fun. It's it's such a fun dismantling. Like like they get right to the to the end of it. It was like here are the options. Like here are like yeah three very possible. Obviously not the it's, first one, but the other two. It's so smart, so funny, and best of all, it makes perfect use of peak Adam West. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's something only he could deliver like that. I think, um, and that's what the gang is going to start investigating. Shaggy forlornly attacks a buffet. Earlier on, this is I, I want to bring this up um, because mm-hmm. it shocked me. Uh, it, it's it's one of your favorite moments, one of your favorite tropes, which is Scooby Snack bargaining. This this was painful, and it gets back to to Scooby and Shauna and why I think they're so bad for each other. The thing is that Shauna changes Scooby, plain and simple. Which which like let's let's be fair, that is a reasonable reason not to like someone's significant other when they change yeah. that person in a in a in a way that seems contrary to their personality yeah 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 where you i mean it hurts to lose the things you like about a person and you should like things about someone that will still be there when they're in a happy relationship i mean um sh- but the thing is yeah sh- shaggy kind of shaggy like, offers scooby a scooby snack he offers him a scooby snack first of all he offers him one and scooby says no like he's i'm, I'm watching my figure yeah, which at that point, like, I th- I'm pretty sure in an earlier episode, Scooby made Shaggy promise to put a pillow over Scooby's face until Scooby stopped twitching, <laughs> if Scooby ever said that. Scooby asked him to I am legend. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. How many times have we referenced I am legend on this podcast? We've, I would say like a fifth of a fifth of the We've episodes. cracked open that DVD box just to get to the worst scene. And in and a, and a podcast where we talk about an animated dog. Oh, boy. Um, 
But it, no, like, that is shocking. Seeing Scooby turn down a Scooby snack, we then see my favorite, one of my favorite tropes, Scooby snack bargaining, but used to ill means. I mean, Scooby uh, Shaggy says, "Oh, uh, would, <laughs> two Scooby snacks." Yeah, he's, he starts bargaining. I do like the meta aspect of like, "Oh, come on, Scooby, you love Scooby snacks. Would you eat a Scooby snack for two Scooby snacks?" <laughs> and, and Scooby, and Scooby does say yes. And then mm-hmm. he he gives one to Shauna, and I was like, oh, one for each of you. Perfection. And then he kept not giving it to Shauna. There's like this moment where I'm like, give it to, sh- eat it, Scooby. Eat your own. S- You've got to eat your own Scooby snack, Scooby. <laughs> I can hear it. No. I can hear you wrapping up no. to it. <laughs> you can't. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, he gives, he gives both to Shauna, and I swear, as I sat here in my seat watching, I gasped. Oh, I, I feel like Empty Sam wasn't around, but if she had been, I would have, like, there are a few moments where I have to pause and then describe to her what I just watched, and she hates them always, <laughs> but that would have been one of them. Um, so she, she changes him in a, in a really dark way. I'm not crazy about that. Understandably, Shaggy is getting depressed and eating shrimp on the beach, and let's just cut to, to the moment when Kiki approaches him. Uh, where are we're we're kind of merging a couple of scenes, but but it doesn't matter what order they take place in. You're right. Yeah. Um, Kiki, uh, has let me describe her for our listeners. She's blonde. She was holding Shauna earlier. Kiki's cheekbones are so sharp they look like they could cut the diamond necklace. I think neck. those are like horns that she's in a Daniel Radcliffe movie. Yeah. Just face off. This is a, this epi- this uh, movie was directed by Guillermo <clears throat> del Toro. This is a, technically a Pan's Labyrinth follow-up. This is this is a body horror. Yeah, actually, actually. Uh, she has ridiculous cheekbones. Uh, I say Bo Derek esque, but she's like more so. Uh, her her and Shaggy after Shaggy has and I wrote, um, he, I've never seen him attack a buffet so forlornly. He. They sit next to each other on the beach. Uh, he explains that he's lost his friend. She explains that um, her husband is in. Her and her husband are in town. She's Kiki Brownstone, and her husband won't leave the resort. Yeah, she's not getting to see any time with him. She's a neglected, beautiful young wife, and and here Shaggy is without his best friend. And at one point, or at the close of their conversation, he's like, "Ah, oh, oh, you, pro- you probably miss." Like your husband too, and she says, Kurt and, too. And you miss your your friend, and their faces are so close. Oh, it's this moment where you think they're gonna do adultery together, <laughs> and it's adultery for both of them. Let's be clear. I love like you don't just do adultery. You can't don't do adultery. <gasps> you did adultery on me. You know, you know uh, that yeah. the commandment of the Ten Commandments: Thou shalt not do adultery. Yeah. Thou shalt not do adultery. Thou shalt not do a steal. Uh, wow, such covet. Um, but but they don't. They actually wind up just weeping like on, very platonically next to each other. But again, that was a moment that almost made me think there would be something there. It, it got kind of dicey. It got a little uh, dicey. And they they pulled back. Um, um concurrently mm-hmm. with this, um, Daphne is trying to help Fred. Fred is. Uh, she says at one point because he's um, almost like mourning his loss. No one wants to hear about your net facts, Fred. And everywhere they turn, it's like 
Let's go to the beach. Volleyball net. Let's go to this part of the beach. Badminton net. Let's go to uh, the restaurant. The restaurant. Uh, it's getting a delivery oh, with a fish Fred in the net. Oh, on the ground. Yeah. What does he see? Fishnet stockings on a lady. Yeah. It's poor, poor little Fred is just never going to bust a net like he wants. And at the same time, this is happening. Velma is over at the other resort. Yes, and she is investigating a... Uh, oh, I, I might have said um, Kiki's husband was Kurt, but that, that was a mistake. The guy that Velma is talking to is named Kurt. He operates the place next door. And he is voiced by none other than Darren Norris, who is... The- as soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, I know this guy. Who is it? Same here, but I could not place him on the level of Adam West. He's not not as household, but uh, he's Cosmo from the Fairly Odd Parents. That's a big role for him. Not my biggest role for him, though. Yeah, if I um, if I knew more voice actors, I could probably. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing it right. I was gonna talk about um, I would add his name to my list of voice actors if I had any. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good one. I dig it. Oh uh, um, wait, okay. Do you know him better from where I know him better from? I, I don't know. I know him best as uh, Buddha Bob in uh, Big Time Rush, which is I probably know. not what you knew him from, I don't think. You don't watch Big Time Rush like I did. No. Um, he was the janitor on Ned's Declassified Guy. Oh, Buddha Bob was the janitor in Big Time Rush. He what? plays the janitor in what? that too, yeah. And he's got like this fun uh, relationship with uh, one of the big time Rush guys, like little sisters. Like they're always paired off and going and having like adventures. And he's adorable and fantastic in it. He is the highlight of that series to me. I had no oh, idea. Man. Ned's Declassified School um, Survival Guide. Oh, we're learning amazing stuff. Um, Darren Norris, a gem. He's voicing Kurt, who is Sandy's competition next door. And Velma's investigating. Kurt runs a real cool establishment. They have like a discotheque. They have um, hot tubs. It's just a lot swankier, but like cheaper, if that makes sense. It looks way cheaper. It looks like a Vegas version of uh, whatever Sandy's got going on. Uh, They even had a little something, much like Vegas, perfect example, because there was a show called Aquatica. Mm-hmm. It was a like a laser light show, but with water. A water light show kind of thing. And we see just a little poster for it, but it's been closed. It's shut down um, uh, un- due to technical difficulties. Unfortunately, uh, repairs have been taking quite a while. Um, and Brownstone Industries has been called in to take care of things. Yeah, they're such a big company. You'd think they'd be able to take care of repairs more easily, but they're having trouble and taking a while. And Velma says, hmm, well, better go back to the gang and let's reconvene. So... We have a little uh, brainstorming mind trust session um, in a room with blinds. Along the way, Velma does find some hair gel. Uh, oh, yes. But Ugh. I love that you picked up on... <laughs> <laughs> Remember that hair gel scene? Bro, wait. Where it's between her fingers? Are you th- like? Are you referencing the, mo- the movie There's Something About Mary? <laughs> Look, I'm not referencing that movie, but I am referencing something. <laughs> in line with that you know what never mind yeah velma finds some hair gel on the way yeah, back to whatever the read the show notes um <clears throat> it is it is an incredible scene because the camera is up on the ceiling it's sort of filming you know i know it's all animated but if there were a camera um it's sort of filming through a rotating ceiling fan it's an unlit room but it's sunny outside and the sun is streaming in through the blinds and it looks like 
I guess, like an old-timey detective movie. It's, it's film noir. I love it. And they do so many different angles. It's got a low angle here. It's It feels like a cramped little detective private eye room. I love it. And uh, as everyone's going around telling what they learned, Velma shares what she learned. Um, I don't know. They talk about Malcolm LaRouge. The part that really stood out to me is where Shaggy talks about Shauna. Did that stick out to you, man? I honestly, I wrote down a lot of dialogue that has nothing oh. to do with that. Shaggy... Uh, they, they come across the brownstone name. They, that connection gets made. Velma's like, the brownstone place is doing something with water over here. Browns? Shaggy's like, brownstone? That's the Kiki brownstone. I just met her. She's the owner of that, the dog. The evil little b... And then, he, <laughs> best friend stealer. Are you serious? Yeah. How did I miss that? He didn't say but and stop himself. He just said the evil little best friend stealer. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> That was close, buddy. Oh, goodness gracious. That is it wonderful. It felt like he walked himself back from the edge there. Because so... he could have said something different and still been anatomically accurate. I, I, look, the word for a female dog, I think that's the thing that we're, is we're dancing is. around it. But it is what yeah. it is. Um, and I'm still not going to say it. But I, I, I just love, the, also, the anger in Shaggy's voice there, even for what he does say. Yeah, she's the owner of that dog. That evil little best friend stealing dog. <laughs> Shaggy, yeah, he does get angry. And real pee. And Fred is so like lost in in this like hey, like Nets. He says something about Nets mm. and um Velma just like uh, what? I mean she like roasts him but like like gently or like slowly. It kind of uh, are you thinking of the final thing he says about Nets? Um, well, he says something, but then, like, she says something mean, but it's not, like, super mean, but it's just, like... Well, they're all coming up with a plan to, like, go after the brownstones, and Velma's like, Fred, can you, uh, you do this, you do this, Fred, what can you contribute? And Fred's like, I do have something to contribute. Uh, the origin of the word net is from the old high German nezi, meaning a twisted knot. And Velma says, kind of devastatingly, like, like Fred, you... There have been times in your life, Fred, where you've been more helpful. Ooh, it's so gentle. That's what makes it hurt. It's the, why are you the way you are? I hate yeah. so much about the things you choose to be. Uh, that, <laughs> Perfect, it's, yeah. It's that, but for Fred. The thing that sucks even more is that that's not actually the, ex the ultimate origin of the word... Uh, oh, is it not? Net. Uh... The old high German Nezi is uh, a ways back, but it's not quite the Proto-Indo-European root. You're Ned. terrible. <laughs> Excuse me, Freddy. I don't know why you do so much research into this kind of stuff. <laughs> this is how people know I'm smart. Um, wow, you know what? We're 40 minutes in, and it's all downhill from here in a good way. Yeah, we might um, be making the best time and energy we've ever made. Uncle... Sandy has, at his niece's behest, gotten rid of all nets to help Fred out. Um, and they're watching, like, a fun little, uh, what Shaggy dubs retro limbo VHS. I, I love the little excerpt that we have from the limbo VHS before it's cut off by the monster. It's a great gag. It's a guy who's in a suit doing a... Doing the limbo, who says in a very, like, suit radio announcer of 1950s voice, Now, don't, like... Contrary to what was previously believed, Limbo does not promote the spread of whooping cough. <laughs> I don't know, I didn't have to perform the whole thing, but I love that, it's so funny. No, it's it's cut off immediately, 
because by the monster um, bursting through the foliage. It's, it's taken like the form of an octopus and it smashes the TV. But yeah, that's the joke. The joke is you'd never find out what the whatever he's supposed to say I, next. I, I could watch the whole rest of that video. For me, that was something that should have played during the credits. But the monster does smash the TV uh, to pieces. Cassettes go flying everywhere. Tapes and ribbon. Um, and the gang is on the run. We've got our chase scene. Yeah, the, not a musical chase scene, unfortunately. Um, yeah, the true. monster wants Kiki's necklace, which stands to reason. Like, that's a huge rock. Um, and uh, she's being menaced. Um, the Fred, Velma, and Daphne, they all run up, and they're all holding torches. Which is, yeah, you know that expression, fight water with fire. That's what, they, that's what yeah. they're pulling out here. In a very rare moment of, of clarity within this episode, Fred says, Wait, hold the phone. Are we using fire to fight a monster made of water? And the fire and the monster like puts each one out with uh, just between forefinger and thumb. It it doesn't even have to like it doesn't uh, even have to lick. What is it? L- you lick, lick its fingers s- because it's made of water. Yeah. Uh, also in this scene, before we run away from there, uh, Shauna the dog is in peril and Scooby's about to go save her, but Shaggy actually is the one to jump out and save the dog. Which it, it is very notable yeah. because like he doesn't want to put his friend in danger. He would rather endanger his own life to keep Scooby safe and keep Scooby happy, you know, by saving Shauna. Yeah, it's it's very brave, and I think it speaks very well to Shaggy's character. Um, uh, from there, it's a lot of action. Velma asks Kiki for the necklace as bait. Kiki uh, acquiesces, like gives her the necklace. They run into like um, a water park portion of the resort they're on the lazy river um and it's at this point that velma using her special eyes um (laughs) realizes that there's something a sort of shape in the middle of the monster yeah it kind of looks pretty scary actually seeing some like vague shape walking in the center of the monster yeah it's very hazy it's very Mm -hmm. hazy it's got this element of ooh mystery tantalization to it i really kind of love that um and that's when velma realizes we need a net. We need Fred to get off the wagon. Yeah, he needs to fall off the wagon. Yeah, he needs to fall off the wagon. <clears throat> uh, Daphne is like, oh, but, you know, like, Uncle Sandy got rid of all the nets. Fred, no, he's like, he's not concerned. No matter what, you can always get a net. Not not the receptionist. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes and grabs a net Uh, No, he winds up stitching a net together or weaving a net together from the broken cassette tapes. He gets out a tiny little pencil, and for the next 10 minutes, we see him unscrew the little bit of ribbon by ribbon. No, he just rips it out really quick, and he manages to make a very big net very quickly. Um, He climbs up a palm tree. He shimmies up, cokes him under the tree. So um, Velma who is being held by the monster in a tentacle, gets the monster to go under... Like, she can't bodily coax the monster to do anything, but the monster goes under the tree regardless. The, it, there's no reason why it does it, really. But Velma's feminine wiles... Or you know what, just wiles. I guess it doesn't have anything to do with her femininity. There's oh. no shape of water thing going on here. Have you seen it? I haven't. Also... But great. I did make a Guillermo del Toro reference, so it great reference. In. Yeah, I mean, like this monster is the, the shape of water. Um, thank you. Uh, th- for some reason, the net does manage to catch the monster this time, and Scooby also bites one of the tentacles, which 
punctures it because it's like a water balloon kind of looking thing. Um, the in this case, the net has not been hurled through it. The net has scooped it up from from the ground yes, though, it's, it's and hung it up in the tree. Become very uh, tangible. It's it's sort of like a diving suit a little bit that's in the center of it, and they pull off the helmet, and it is it is the other brownstone. Was it Greg Brownstone? Grafton. Grafton Brownstone. Ugh. What a mouthful that name is. It's Kiki's husband. Yeah, as as clever viewers might have surmised, um, it's a suit that was used in Aquatica that, as I quote, uses a system of water jets and electromimetic gel to control water and form it into shapes. Electromimetic gel was the BSiest BS of this episode. Electromimetic. I, I knew... I knew when we saw all the water making random shapes and then not being tang like being just plain old water, that it was going to be kind of BSy, but it felt like it was even less effort <laughs> than I expected. Velma also explains the reason that Danette didn't capture the guy at the center was because Fred threw it through the head, through an extremity of the beast. Yeah, although again, like Scooby bit the outside of this electromagnetic like it was that's the thing is there like a sack part of you it? can't yeah you can't bite through a tentacle he and then have a different part have have objects thrown through it yeah like it, it seems there's a, an element of inconsistency there is my problem with it but uh, <laughs> i just don't know why they did that why have scooby bite it but for that it would at least be internally consistent um why was kurt doing this by the way what was his motivation well Velma reveals that the necklace is fake, and um, Kiki is like, uh, I don't think so. This, you know, this necklace is worth more than, a, you know, it's worth millions of dollars. And Velma yeah. reveals that, like, hey, lady, I know jewel thieves. I love this this series of lines she says. Do you have it? Uh, I only remember one of the jewel thieves. It w I remember she's dealt with a swamp jewel thief. A werewolf jewel thief. And a third jewel thief, like a mummy jewel thief, I think was the third one. Right. And so she knows fake jewels. Um, and it turns out it's revealed by Grafton. And I really kind of like the heart of this plan, which is that he was going to... He had sold the real necklace because his company was not doing well. Mm -hmm. He needed the money to keep the company afloat. He had hoped that if he if he took the necklace, the fake which he had replaced the real one with, then I I it wasn't even for insurance money. It was just so that she wouldn't know that he had sold the necklace. He was doing it to save her feelings, I guess. Yeah, and, and I think he was doing it until he got the real necklace back. And you would think, oh, and he's stealing the other jewels so he can afford to like go back to that pawn shop and get the necklace back or something or whatever the million dollar version of a pawn shop is but no he was just stealing the jewels to draw attention away from this jewel he was gonna steal so it was literally all of this was just to steal her necklace while he bides his time and saves up money to get back the real thing it's it's so funny because it's like you are married to her you live with her take you the could necklace just steal it anytime fake a break-in Exactly, that fake a break-in, like, you needed to use your own, like, presumably, we don't hear any of this explicitly, but he somehow shut down the water show that was making his company money so he could use this suit for these purposes. <clears throat> I, I assume, because the suit obviously works, it could have been used in the show this whole time, when he could have just bought a ski mask and mugged his own wife. <laughs> okay, I'm saying I like this, 
and we're really picking it apart. I think what I like is that it's sort of like the insurance money scheme, but ultimately what he was really doing it for was to save his wife's feelings. And I also like that his wife is just like, oh, I like I still love you, babe. Like it's yeah, that is pretty great. So, I I mean like I I know we're right at the end. So I think we should sort of like take our time. There's a lot of fun little moments that that come about. Um, for one, she's saying goodbye to Kiki. Is saying goodbye to Grafton. She's sort of like kissing up on him, just like, oh babe, like I f- I feel bad for blah blah blah. And <laughs> at the same time, the officer is trying to arrest him, and he's like, ma'am. He's like, excuse me, <laughs> I need to. Can I get the yeah. need his arm? Th- thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And Kiki then says. Shauna, come help Mama raise bail. And uh, and Shauna just kind of like makes eyes at Scooby and goes off. Can I just we? For as much as we've talked about Shauna all episode, we haven't really talked about Shauna, which is that Shauna is so self assured of her power over Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Like like she has this knowing, sly, just like. Like, I know you're going to come over here. Yeah, know? like, oh, you want me, don't you? Which is not a little bit of what I hate about Shauna. Uh, she she isn't. In- that is not inaccurate. She is, yeah. I will say this, the only thing I can say in her favor is that she seems into Scooby as well. Maybe a bit. She doesn't yeah, seem it, not it, into it, Scooby. Even though she has power over him, it looks like she genuinely enjoys their time together. Yeah, which is something. Which I think is nice. That evil little best friend stealing. I still don't care for Shauna, not one bit. And I'm happy when she's gone. It's always tough. Here's the thing. And and I do want to talk about this just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Having Scooby, a talking dog, have a romantic relationship with a non-talking dog feels wrong and bad. We, we've called that bestiality before <laughs> on the air, I think. Almost certainly, because it's... Look, y- Scooby... You're not technically... You're borderline not an animal. Like, you're sentient. Yeah. It, it's kind of weird for Scooby to be uh, uh, put in a, that kind of compromising it's, it's relationship like, with like something goofy, that's not sentient. Ooh, goofy Pluto. Goofy having, like, a homosexual relationship with Pluto. <laughs> Ooh, there's... Uh, They're both dogs. The whole other things at play here. Pluto's already Goofy's animal slave. So that's already a kind of effed up relationship. He's Mickey's animal oh, no, that's slave. that's right. He's Mickey's pet. Um, okay, they would never, they would never give a dog a dog as a pet. I mean, they say never, but they, like, obviously went one step removed from that, and they made a dog both Mickey's best, like, friend and his best friend best friend. Um, it, it, it's kind of messed up, I gotta say, but I think Shauna kind of has this power over Scooby in this episode, where it seems like she's almost, she's equal to his intellect by her knowing kind of confidence. You're you're right. She expresses a lot of intelligence, mm-hmm. and I will say, if Shauna could speak, that would be almost equally disturbing. Oh, I'm so glad she doesn't speak. I, I want her to be forgotten as quickly as possible. In fact, I kind of I... want to stop talking about her. No joke. <laughs> I she sours the taste in my mouth. No, this is this perfect because we we gotta wrap it up, and then I have like one or two th- more things to discuss. Um. One and one of them springs board off of the final scene because the final scene is always Scooby saying like Scooby Scooby Doo, mm. um, 
and this time it's predicate it's it's prefaced by um shaggy saying oh scoob I, sorry buddy like i can understand how a guy can get all goofy over a pretty girl and then he's like no i can't <laughs> but it, wait for a moment it seemed like it was a really specific callback back to the movie yes like the, mm, to mary jane but but then he negated it and it's like oh maybe not quite but then still i think a little bit uh, but he's like oh i have these like candy vouchers let's go eat candy scoobs like scooby mm. dooby doo and then the episode ends what i want to focus in on and and because is my favorite i would have gotten away with it too ever oh no Let's do that and then spring back to my Okay, because the villain, when he's going away, and this is, again, my favorite yet, says, And I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for that guy and his net. (laughs) And Fred says, Yeah, nets! (laughs) Yeah. And it made the episode for Fred had a real little character arc, actually. I love that. I just love the way he is unequivocally affirmed in the episode. The writers gave him his bone at the end nice yeah nets. um okay what you see at the end my thing was i've i've drawn a lot of parallels between um shaggy rogers and N- nor sorry shaggy rogers and, and norville jughead, rogers They're... jughead jones okay i because um, i think there's a lot of parallels between shaggy rogers and norville rogers okay i think there's there's a real clark kent superman kind of <laughs> thing going on well, like, Jughead also, um, Jughead isn't Jughead's real name. He's Forsyth P. Jones III. Mm, true. They're bo- they both have nicknames. They both have dogs. They both have dogs that share their enormous appetites. And when Shaggy said, I can understand how a guy can get all goofy over a pretty girl, actually, I can't, it That's almost a classic like Jughead thing to they say. They were both, like, asexual. Which is to say that in comics canon, Jughead is asexual not on riverdale on the cw yeah he's bet sexual yeah bughead bughead's a real you know what they're both my favorites so like whatever but i just like i think it's interesting like it's there's certainly shaggy has never shown an aversion to women like jughead has like jughead has been called back oh back when this word wasn't such a hot button thing like a misogynist like they in the comics they would call jughead a misogynist because he just, like, gave off the impression of, like, hating, like, women. He didn't hate women. He hated the idea no. of being with women. I think, honestly, being friends with Archie is, like, the <laughs> the quickest path to becoming asexual, I can imagine. Archie in the comics, that is. It's true. And, and which is... Like, I can't imagine watching everything that Archie does and thinking, yeah, I want to be like that i want to jump in that mix which is like canonically what jughead has said just like i've seen what you do it's not for like i hate it understandably so uh it it, so man that's a fantastic parallel i have to say especially in this episode so asexual shaggy just just brief thoughts also I, i also see us dedicating an episode to all of this so maybe we don't have to touch on it too deeply let's touch on it a bit i'll just give you my off-the-cuff thoughts i think asexual shaggy makes a lot of sense it's a very different kind of asexual than jughead shaggy is asexual just by lack of interest he just has just no reason to be that interested jughead has every reason it's like growing up in a really broken home for jughead the way that he's had to watch (laughs) archie and reggie and like veronica and midge and moose and it's just like gazing down to this pit of snakes all (laughs) writhing against each other 
And it's like, I don't want to get it. Ugh, like, ugh, it's just so... Jughead is, like, a verse for a reason. True. Shaggy just... Everything is so pure in Scooby-Doo's world, it's just not really there. Last thing, because I, I feel like we should do it every episode. Oh, sorry, really quick. Yeah, go for it. Shaggy hasn't hit puberty yet. That's what it is. <laughs> Shaggy is pre-puberty. Yeah, it's, you know, that, that soul patch. So... <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> not a biological indicator of No, 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 that's, that's pre-pubescent. Uh, Shaggy is pre-puberty. Jughead is, like, post-modern puberty. Okay, doesn't Shaggy also have a prominent Adam's apple? <laughs> I had a massive Adam's apple before puberty. Did you really? No, it probably happened right about that same time now that I think of it. <laughs> um, wh- the last thing I want to touch on, and I, I feel like we've been, at, for at least one episode, we missed out on it, and I felt mm. horrible, is the scooby Dupe. I was thinking of that too, although I didn't have something ready for this episode, but the scooby Dupe, you mean the typical gag for Scooby and Shaggy which wherein they will create a social scenario off the cuff to try and distract the villain thereby giving themselves a chance to escape or dupe him. Yeah, the social pressures uh, within are so great that the monster has no reason but to comply. That's exactly what yes. I'm talking about. So it becomes a sketch that the villain has a role in. And there's none in this episode, which is too bad. It feels like there must have been something available. Though I'll acknowledge it is difficult because this is a large shape-shifting water monster. Yeah, it makes me wish I'd seen Shape of Water so I could make some of those jokes here about how Scooby and Shaggy ought to seduce it. So, uh, I, we, we gotta come up with at least one, just... Okay, I have something. Um, oh, it's shaky. Okay, because it, it's it's a resort, right? And it's Florida, right? It's it's, it's a Florida resort. Mm-hmm. And, and, and though they don't really go that direction, uh, Florida resorts and and those kinds of things are big like spring break destinations Mm. because it's it's hot right it's 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 below the it's you know equatory and it you know sun uh sand whatever water um so what they do is uh the monsters chasing them they they jump behind a bar and they're the bartenders and what they're trying to do is they're trying to get the monster drunk um but the monster is made of water you know, so he's diluting all of the alcohol. Yeah, so he's just becoming alcohol. But I think as he becomes alcohol, he becomes drunk. No, I know. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I'm just trying to think, like, how do they get the monster to buy in more? And I guess, I guess, like... I think Scooby's a, uh, a party bro at the bar, or even better, like, a party chick at the bar, who, yeah. like challenges the monster to go shot for shot. To go shot for shot. And, and, and Shaggy, the bartender, is like, it's on the house. And, and but but he's slinging he's slinging like vodka for the monster and then just water <laughs> for temples for Scooby. Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> and that's like an additional layer to the gag. <laughs> okay, I like that a lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna play on that a little bit, and I'm gonna go. Scooby and Shaggy are bros on a doing a beach kegger, and they're <laughs> they're just playing some beach frisbee, and. And they and Scooby's asking Shaggy's like, "Oh, come help me! Help Scooby do a keg stand!" And then they start doing it, and then they need the 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 uh, water monster to do a keg stand, and then they Ghostbusters it into the keg. <laughs> <laughs> Which obviously and it plays work. the Ghostbusters music too. It's and that's what the Scooby Doo goes swerves into. Yeah, um, yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah, I, we're we're kind of veering. 
away from <laughs> like all hard. ages. I like yours a lot. <laughs> it's it's definitely not all ages. Uh, but hey, man, look, I loved doing this episode, and we gotta add this into like our rotation of like different shows. Ooh, yeah, we gotta find some other twenty minute movie episodes because this is great. And that's uh, that's the whole episode. That's everything we could think to tell you guys about. You monsters, come on! What more do you want? <laughs> you animals. You yeah. You you beasts. <laughs> you beasts. You bestial creatures! You... you... best friend stealing! <laughs> oh, you dirty little best friend stealing! <laughs> oh, I bet you like that, don't you, you low-down, filthy little best... Alright, play the musical Friend. cue. <laughs> play it. Now I believe we have an outro to do. That was the episode. This is the outro. Thank you all for joining us. That was a lot of fun. Let's tell you where you can follow up. Uh, I'm going to start us off just rattling some stuff off. Twitter, tweet at us. Look at our tweets. Retweet us. D- shoot us. Direct message us. At the Scooby Dudes. Uh, that's at the Scooby Dudes. I will say that if you send us a tweet, I will tweet back at you. Yeah, Evan will do that stuff for real. It's not our intern who we don't let touch Twitter. We only have our intern do uh, Foley work and impressions of us to fill in the gaps while he's editing the podcast. I was going to say, like, our, our, our intern is, is not allowed to touch our Twitter, only our LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but we make him work really aggressively on LinkedIn. We tell him we need four new Patreon donors a week and 20 new listeners per week just from LinkedIn. Oh, man. <laughs> I like how last week our, our joke was that... Um, we play Overwatch to uh, to hawk our podcast, and now it's we're connecting with people on LinkedIn, and we're not well, like I, we're not like advancing their careers or, or advancing them professionally. We're telling them to listen to our podcast. I love this. I, I want us to have a new fake platform every week of where to find us. A different way of, of I, hawking our wares. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. That's all there is to it. Uh, Gmail, send us an email, Scooby Dudes Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to go to our website, and trust me, you do, it's Scooby Dudes.com. Scooby Dudes.com, where you can see a title card every episode um, that is recap related. We commission someone to do beautiful artwork. In this case, it is still Claire Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. I wanted to say Claire like Tim, Tim Dunphy would. Claire! Oh, jeez, Claire. Claire. <laughs> no. Claire. Um, Claire. Uh, you can find oh, her on, on Tumblr. How does Dumpy say it? Oh, you, you're, you're trying, trying to do, to do the, the fill thing. One. Claire. 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 Oh, dang it. Ty. That's more Ty. like Mitch. Yeah. You're going more for that's Mitch than That's because, yeah, Phil. Ty Burrell does not come naturally to me. As much as Mitch does, apparently. Uh, you can, uh, yeah, Claire's doing our title card art, and you can view more of her beautiful work on ScoobyDudes.com, along with show notes, along with corrections, along with funny screenshots and captions. Yeah, sorry, I meant to say, go check out Claire's Tumblr, it's SpareMoon, S-P-A-R-E, moon.tumblr.com, because she's partnering with us, we just want to help her out. If you yeah. like her, what you've seen of hers on our site, go to her site. Go reward her for that partnership. But yeah, also check out our site, ScoobyDudes.com. It's great. Lots of extras. We made a bunch of jokes. Some of those jokes, we'll explain a little bit more. Because they're a little highbrow. 
I also would really love it if you would uh, write us a five-star review on iTunes. That would mean a lot. As soon as we get another five-star review, we're going to read it out on the podcast, but we don't have one right now. So here's silence where that review would be. Oh my gosh, dude, my fan is so loud. I've, I'm so sorry for the additional noise on here. Like, that moment of silence was just like... Goodness gracious. Um, lastly, we love all of our listeners. We're grateful to every single person who puts our words into their ears. Um, but some of those people, we like just a little bit more. And those are the people that don't just give us their ears. They give us their money. Give me your money, bro. Where's my money, man? <laughs> and they do that on Patreon.com, bro. I hate it. Patreon.com slash Scooby Dudes. You can check it out for like regular content. At whatever level you donate, there's going to be some stuff coming back to you. I can't tell. Like, I don't know what character this what? is, but what it's is like, it, I don't like any of it. <laughs> Every week we make like a really hard effort to shout out all our Patreon donors. They give us a lot of money and it means a lot to us. You're drunk. Swish. Swish. Shout them out every, every week. That water bottle, it was vodka this entire time. I downed it all at once, all at once, man, just now. <laughs> oh. Okay, we say our patr- our patrons who give us money to get stuff from us, we say their names every week. We're going to do it this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you guys. <laughs> it's like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> but if he was like a whiny <laughs> valley girl. <laughs> oh, you do know this character, man. As soon as I start, I try and break the character, and then I realize I'm still talking like that. I try and break the character, and then I realize it's kind of who I am. <laughs> and also, um... A lumpy space princess, a little bit. <laughs> that is what it is. That's the kind of obstinate jerk I'm trying. I am. That is exactly where I'm lifting the tone from. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh have my you spliced in their names yet, or are we still waiting? I on think that? I probably have. I don't know. All right, Evan. By the way, I wanted to say to you, I like really love doing this podcast with you. This is a fun episode, and I really love you, man. You know what? You know what? We've we've joked slash seriously talked about actually recording this podcast while drunk or like while drinking, and like listeners, this is what we sound like: <laughs> stone cold sober. <laughs> yeah, I have not had a drop of alcohol today, but I'm drunk now, bro. <laughs> Give me your money. Oh my gosh, please, people are gonna stop listening to us. We're. D- I thought it was like Mongolian throat singing. <laughs> I start doing it, then it starts going. All right. You're like a, like a, a Mongolian throat singer slash yodeler. <laughs> so that's what it becomes. Right at the tail end. <laughs> right at the end of it, I'm like, you do a short yodel. Yeah, it, well, that's because it's what it starts. It goes. It's a didgeridoo. I also thought didgeridoos. I want to apologize to our 
uh, our Mongolian listeners. I want to apologize to our Australian <laughs> listeners. I want to apologize to our to our Valley Girl listeners. Oh, I'm so sorry, Valley Girls. <laughs> For what it's worth, I also hate that character. Good. I, I truly hate it. Oh no! You know who you are? You're the friend on Big Mouth. Oh my God! I am. <laughs> I'm a Nick Kroll character. Oh, that's. That's how nasty That's I just a, became. Yeah, you're you're a, you're playing a male playing a woman. <laughs> you're not even a male playing a woman. There's there's a degree of I'm separation. I'm playing a male playing a male playing a male hating woman. Oh man, you're the worst.